Hey everybody, welcome to the Rockpile Talkpile, the official podcast of the Colorado Rockies official subreddit. Uh, my name is Zach, also known as username Zach17. Um, we've also got John here today. Hey guys, Foster 15 Jason. Hey guys, Jason, JSA17. Uh, we're going to have Evan on later. Um, glad you're joining us. If you came here from like Twitter or Rockspile or Google or Apple Play or, I'm sorry, Google Play or Apple. One way or another, we're glad you're here. Um, we're going to start with the worst segue ever. Um, you know, guys, I just love Indian food. Why? Because it gives you the 11 runs the Rockies scored on Saturday against the Cincinnati Reds. What a display of power that was. You nailed it, Zach. I know. Yeah, we had so a good day I, I need a laugh track. Rockies did have a good day track. yesterday against the Reds. Nolan hit his first home run. And apparently begged to be in the lineup to do so. Which is, yeah, yes. he's just like, I need to play both games to start. And uh, somebody asked him about the long drive to the park, and he said he would drive as many hours as it took to hit a home run. So there you go. I think yes. it's 500 miles. From, he would, walk, would, he, would he walk 500 miles? Nice. I like that. No, I don't think DJ would walk 500 <laughs> miles. He wouldn't even walk 90 feet. No, he can't walk 90 feet. <laughs> We're never going to not talk about DJ's walking. Or Jordan Lyles. Or, um, yeah, Jordan Lyles. What we, so need to do, great- what we need to do is talk about DJ's walking, and then if we ever have the Golden Lance on the podcast, just not even mention it a single time. Yes. No, oh, of course. <laughs> we have to find a way to talk about the other thing. That we have to talk about every podcast, but I haven't found a way to do that yet. So I'll think about that later. We'll figure um, out what were some of the interesting things that happened in the last two Major League Baseball spring training games? I'm so glad we're finally here. What a long off season that was. Yeah, and surprisingly, well, ja- it's actually early for spring training games this year. <laughs> but it we still need feels something. So I mean, Jesus, no one's signing. And John did make a comment last week about Tapia bulking up, and it does look like he's bulked up, and he hit a moonshot uh, on um, Friday. Yeah, I'm, I'm sad there's no, like, video of it, though. Like, there's a, the Rockies' Twitter has a grainy video of Nolan's home run yesterday, but no video of Tapia's mm-hmm. home run. It's, Hopefully there's just so many of Tapia's home runs this spring training that you just, you'll just you just get bored by the videos and people won't be... I'll never get bored. argument, either. No, that's a terrible I'll argument. Bored. That's a terrible argument. Let's hit... Dear Rockies, more Tapia home runs videos, please. 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 I don't care if they're, um, bo- they're batting practice. Just give me Tapia home runs. So the, the major leaguers in the last uh, two games um, really were kind of like Mike Dunn at a quality outing with two strikeouts yesterday. We already talked about Nolan. Um, in the first game... We had Nolan, DJ went one for two, Tapia's one for three, Story's one for one, and there's really not enough data to say anything. Story took anything. a lot of pitches, though, that first game. I yeah, didn't we listen to yesterday's game. Yeah, per plate appearance last uh, thing and how Story really went all in last year, and now it seems to be maybe paying off. Yeah, it was. I think he both times he got to a full count on Friday. I'm, I'm happy with that. Um... If story continues to, I mean, even if his strikeout rate goes up or stays the same, but his plates or his pitches per plate appearance it goes up, I mean, it, it's just a trend in the right yeah. direction. And if, and if, more if anything else, player. and yeah, and if anything else, he's making the pitcher throw him pitches, and that just it adds so much value, even if everything else stays the same. Yeah, right. And if he can even improve, improve his walk rate by like one percent or two percent. That'll make a big difference. I feel like, a, and a guy who's got a power swing like that, if you can just improve the number of pitches you see until you wait for the pitcher to make a mistake, that's all you need to do is just wait until they make a mistake that you can capitalize on. Whereas if you're a contact guy, just get something you can, you can push. Yeah, so Tapia versus Story approach, basically. Exactly. Although I wouldn't mind if Tapia took a bunch of pitches if he's leadoff. But leadoff was last week. Other... Um, other guys who were major leaguers in the only the two games we've got, um, Otto had a decent outing with a strikeout. Uh, Wild Thing had an okay outing with a, a hit allowed, but no damage. Nope. Just really not much where you have to go off of. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think about Hoffman's outing? 
Sounded like uh, he settled down after, uh, what was it, the third battery faced? He, paid, mm-hmm. he faced six or seven batters. Sounded like he settled down pretty well. Um, I'm sure he's just working on kind of his release point kind of moves sometimes when he gets around. So I'm sure he was just trying to be consistent with that release point. Not a lot to yeah, glean from it. Yeah, you make sure you're not walking too many people. Yeah, you had two walks? Um, yeah. Just two. There, there have already been a lot of walks among our pitchers. Not a lot break. from our hitters. Not a lot from our hitters, but our pitchers are walking guys at a pretty good clip. Yeah. Um, the um, last time we talked about the non-roster invitees that were pitchers, um, the other boy Yancy go yesterday, and could, could have been better. One, two, um, three, second inning, though. Two strikeouts. got better. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Saunders said his slider was just killer. Which is good. Yep. Um, our boy uh, James Ferris, a walk and a strikeout. Nice. Good job, Jerry James. Vasto, uh, not so much with an earned run, but it was really just such small sample sizes. We're just happy that baseball's back. I am. I can't wait for it to actually be on TV, though. And well, we did. I mean, we- that's if you have like a like a corporation that um, captures video of a baseball team and then transmits it on a normal schedule. Is that called a broadcast company? Oh, usually it's called a broadcast company, but I'm not really sure what it's called in Colorado. I would be curious to know how many teams have been televised so far. There were there were 10 televised spring training games on Friday. Um, I'm not 100% sure how many were televised yesterday. Look at look at the Angels. S- mm-hmm. A solid majority of the teams have had it at least one game televised, and the Rockies will not have a game televised until this following Wednesday. Oh and God. even that game is at 1 a.m. Mountain Time. I just don't get it. The demand is there. What else is going on? It's, uh, yeah. I know there's I mean, overhead and such, but maybe one less party deck or something and one more televised game. Uh, look, our first. Different funds, I know. Different funds. Uh, the first game that's going to be televised like live is actually televised by the Angels broadcast team, which, like I'm telling you, the Angels broadcast a ton of games for them. And that is, let's see, the Angels broadcast, if you just control F Angels on broadcast, it's 31 times in spring training. So every single one of their spring training games. Well, yeah. I think they're also going to be making money because of the international market that's going to be watching Otani. You know? I watched it's, Otani it's, yesterday. <laughs> It's it's You're a, a it, very international person, John. Nebraska international man country. of mystery. <laughs> it's a lot Austin of teams House being reference. Being, oh, I'm sorry, Austin Powers. There are a lot of teams being televised, though. I mean, so, like I said, Friday there were ten games televised. Yesterday there were seven games televised. Um, today, you have oh shoot! I mean, almost every single game is televised again today. And like I said, I mean the Rockies first game that we can watch on television is a tape delay at one o'clock in the morning well that sounds fun um aren't we still like 150 or 152 games a year even one, though we have a major league baseball team 150 games per year um thanks it's always that thursday that jason giambi is a walk off right or like when nolan had that monstrous day last year it, it was wasn't like on five, television five. to the and to the point that sports illustrated wrote an article that said wow nolan had a really big day and rockies fans couldn't watch it Unless so, you're me and live out of market and have MLB TV, yeah, or yeah, or you know all those other ways that we won't talk about. But so anyway, um, when when it, when Jenny Kavnar was asked about it at the um, hot stove event they did for season ticket holders, she just completely wouldn't answer the question. She just said, "Next question." Probably so a good idea. It's not even something apparently they're trying to fix. I mean, just given like I don't know, they could. I would be available. I could take a day off, and I could just. I don't have a home run call yet, though, so can't be any worse than Drew's, though. At the very, at the very worst, like and the it's ML- gonna make a three on the board to type the. At the, for the- at the at the very worst, if MLB just made it so that it was like, "Hey, you live in Denver and you literally cannot watch this game today because it's not on television in Denver," then they should lift the blackout restriction. But making it so that the game isn't on in Denver and you also can't watch it by MLB TV just doesn't make any sense. It's it's a it's broken. Yeah, that's a great argument. I feel like Major League Baseball needs to – we would personally prefer if Major League Baseball would do something about the fact that Rockies fans who 
I've been supporting this team for 25 years now. Still can't watch every single game. It's a, it's about eight percent of the Rockies games that you can't watch every year, which is which just is way a, too high. That's, that's a big number. Point. Yeah, it is 2018. <laughs> Let's get on with it. Um, so basically, I did the Austin House reference, and he's still probably not going to make the team ever. But best of luck to him. You no know one else was really um, nice to see in the small sample size was Jairo Diaz. Yeah, two strikeouts, winning pitch. Maybe he's healthy and ready to go. Year yeah. removed from Tommy John. Yeah. Um, and then I think the last small sample size thing is David Dahl is hitless still. But no strikeouts, which I think is... But no strikeouts. I think that's good, considering he hasn't seen Major League pitching since however long it's been. When he's not actually seeing Major League pitching still, but sometimes he is. Any pitching, then. How's that? Every once in a while. Right. How about, how about Jordan well, Patterson? Yeah. J-Pat, I was going to wait till longer, but... We want to talk about Jordan Patterson. He's not a non-roster invitee. He's a he's a minor league guy who has been doing nothing but putting up quality seasons ever since uh, 2014. If we go with a wins runs created metric, where if you have a number that's over 100, you're that per- much percentage better than the average guy. Um, ever since 2013, he's been putting up uh, wins runs created plus numbers of like 120 or higher um, at every level. And what was really cool about last year, again, um, last year we got AAA, Albuquerque, is uh, another launching pad. But he had 26 home runs. Which has been it's kind of the... ISO. It was kind of the... ISO's 256. Yeah, kind of the knock against him was that he didn't have a ton of power to play a corner spot. But... Yeah, but there you go. There's something. And his bat was only 330 in, in a big park like that, too. So it's not like he's that much over um compensating not that power to relate perfectly to that his average 283 is on bases 348 slugging was huge last year it's just we're probably never going to see much of him um he's got these future value numbers um, where it hits 40 his game power is 40 to 45 the raw power is 55 55 and we were all talking about how he doesn't have enough power to play and there's got power numbers there Speeds forty five forty, fields forty five fifty. His throwing arm's great, but who knows if we'll see Jordan Patterson. So the joke has always been to free Jordan Patterson it's because he, free he just he he does he does well at Albuquerque, um, and he has for years. He he's done well at every level he's played at. He he had a really short cup of coffee with the Rockies back in twenty sixteen, which is coffee. his only. Um, playing experience but he when he did play with the rockies he played 10 games with us in 2016 and uh put up a 974 ops so he was there he yeah. just hasn't really spent any time with the big club short cup of coffee and a quick shot of day cool yeah yeah that's what i'm operating on today <laughs> um what would be interesting if which i don't think anybody's expecting if we've all just said david Dahl's just got too much talent not to make the big league um, and we don't have enough sample size to say anything to the contrary. But what if David Dahl doesn't get many hits in spring training and Jordan Patterson does? Is that completely off base? No. I think with David, just because he hasn't seen a lot of pitching in the last year with his injury, I'm, I'm not sure that they're really concerned about... I think they just want to get through spring training with him healthy and if he hits, great, he's on the roster. If he doesn't hit, then he goes down to AAA, and I don't think the Rockies have any problem with him being a AAA. But I don't think – I think Talkman is ahead of Patterson in the pecking order of making the team. I just think the Rockies like Talkman better than they like Patterson. Patterson has played a lot of right field, so I know everybody talks about, you know, why don't we stick Patterson at first base? At least that's – something that came up a lot last year, but he's, he definitely has a lot of experience in, in the outfield. I agree with you, though, John, that um, it seems like for whatever reason that I'm not disagreeing or agreeing with, the Rockies are definitely high on Mike Talkman. Which, I mean, I don't I don't get. Maybe there's like an eye test thing that we're not seeing, but there's, no, there's like one year in 2017 where Talkman had 139 wins runs created plus but he still doesn't ha- didn't have the power that Pat, Jay Pat did, you know, the walks J-Pat did, didn't have the ISO. And all, almost all the other years that J- Jordan Patterson and Mike Talkman have played, Jordan Patterson has a- appeared on paper to be the better hitter. Yeah, I think... When you look, uh, well, and if you look at the two of them side-by-side side last year, Talkman 
at least at Albuquerque, definitely outplayed Jordan Patterson. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, I mean, something can be said for watching them play in the same environment every day yeah. and Talkman just straight up Talkman's performing better. Talkman's average and on-base percentage last year was definitely a lot better than Patterson's. He had a really good year last year down there. Yeah. And Talkman can play center field. I mean, scouts say he can play an average center field, so... I think defensively, he's just better than Jordan Patterson at moving. I mean, I was one of those people who thought Jordan Patterson was a first baseman just because apparently he's not very quick. So putting him in the big, expansive Coors outfield, uh, does it sounds scary. Yeah. but And we're still not doing Tapia in center. Well, he played center Friday and Saturday, and today he's playing left field, and he's, lead off, he's let off all three days, scheduled to today, and did the last two days. And center is going to be that position where you give him some reps in spring training just because, I mean, how many, Chuck's going to play, what did he play, yeah. 155 games last year? Chuck's going to mm-hmm. play if he can play. Yeah, exactly. I think it's more of a, in case of emergency, who can play center field. Yeah, not a position and, you're necessarily going to train. Well, for. we haven't heard anything about um, Chuck getting tired, but I remember there was that argument like what Dexter Fowler or somebody else, or maybe in cargo, their legs would get tired of playing center field the entire year or something, and as you get older, you switch them from center to some other corner outfield position just to kind of give them some more rest. So Chuck played 159 games last year. I don't know if you guys remember, but um, Drew Creaseman talked about, I think he called Chuck a robot because Chuck is there early, and then when the game ends, Chuck hits the weight room and has a really specific stretching routine and weightlifting routine, Mm -hmm. and then he's there early again every day. So, I mean... It's it's not so the same player. You, you hate to say it because it's 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 certainly not always true. But there there are guys that just don't fit the mold, and everything about Charlie Blackman is a guy that doesn't fit the mold. Yeah. From his twenty seven age season on, he's mm-hmm. gotten better every year, and now he should be kind of hitting that point where he would start to, you know, flatten out, or there's not a lot of room to go, and he just is still going up every year. So it's the maybe hair. he's maybe he's an outlier. We'll see. Um, well, so we talked about some minor league players, um, which, which was great. I wasn't expecting it, but I was going to talk about some offensive non-roster invitees, um, which we're going to get to after this real quick break. Did you guys, did you guys see the post on, um, the baseball subreddit about service time yesterday? Uh, no, I didn't. I saw it. I didn't read it. So I was just going to bring it up really quick before we talk about, um, or even or after we talk about um, either one with those non-roster invitees and some of the minor league guys, just because it was kind of a nice little thing to put together because it gives you some actual numbers of the days and how many days a guy would have to take off before they could bring him up and not hurt his service time and everything like that, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty relevant to some of those guys. Well, the Rockies have not shown any willingness to delay that service time except for Arenado. We really had a service time issue in a while since like and Chris that's, Bryant's thing. And that's, and that's the way I feel with the Rockies is they haven't done it because they haven't had a need to. But I, I think I they would have liked to with Story, but they couldn't. Right. Their hands were tied. Yeah. Everybody was gone there. And then last year, we really just didn't have the pitching depth to hold all those guys down. We needed them. And it still might not be necessary to the Rockies Mm -hmm. this year, but I just thought I just wanted to bring it up because it kind of gives people a frame of reference on some of those guys. I just think it's a cool stat to have when you're talking about minor leaguers. I think it'll it'll matter for Brendan Rodgers in 2019, which is the only person I think we're going to care about. As much as we've got some decent prospects, I'm like – and they they look pretty good. There's not anybody really besides Rogers who's projected to be yeah yeah they're gonna incredibly amazing. I guarantee Rogers doesn't make the opening day roster in 2019, but he'll be up. What is it like May 20 or April 20th? It would be April, this this year. It would be April 14th. Yeah. Do you want to lead with Rogers or you want to finish with Rogers? I think we should finish with him just because he's our guy. But yeah. I liked how he was playing second base. That would be interesting. He's going to be that's, the second That's where baseman. I think, yeah, that's where he's going to yeah. play. Yeah. But then you got Garrett Hampson. Who's, anyway, are you guys ready? Yeah. Uh, yeah we're already recording, okay. Zach. Well, <laughs> Jack, we're starting now. Now, Jack. No, now. No, now? No, now. Now? Okay, we'll, we'll decide whenever Guy's it happens. Guy's going to fucking hate hey, everybody, us. Everybody, welcome. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the Rock Pile Talk Pile. We... 
Well, a little bit of a tangent, um, but we're back to talk about the offensive non-roster invitees, and it would be there's no reason not to start with uh, our man Brendan Rodgers. This guy can hit. Eight hit. End of well. argument. That's that's it. That's that's all we're gonna say today. See you guys next week. Yeah, if you want to know how well he hit <laughs> in Lancaster, he had a 184 weighted runs created plus, which means he was 84% better than average. It's crazy. And he's also, when he was at Lancaster, um, something to keep in mind is he was about three years younger than everybody else playing with him. So he was 84% better than guys that he's significantly younger than. Yeah, and right. if you guys remember, he was drafted after Dansby Swanson and after Alex Bregman, and he was considered the highest ceiling of the three. And we've all we're seen what. Ceiling. Yeah, and I love Bregman. He's one of my favorites. But mm-hmm. Rogers apparently Jeez. has a higher ceiling. And Swanson has he had been that, pretty awful. He had that weird first season where he was just kind of having some some issues to get his head around. Yeah. Um, but I think he's gotten his head around them now, and now he's uh, he's in Double A. Um, anything that you guys are kind of more worried about with him? Not worried, but I would point out that, like a lot of Rockies hitters and Rockies prospect hitters, he does not walk. He has, hmm. a, I think he had a four... Five percent last year. Yeah. And then in a in Lancaster, he had a two and a half percent walk rate. He's... Right. For some reason, the Rockies just don't... It's not something that they care about, it seems. I'm not... There's nobody on record saying that, but... If you look mm-hmm. up and down our major league roster and our minor league roster, nobody walks. Well, maybe it's like something they're trying to teach people as soon as you get to the major leagues. Like, learn how to hit first and then learn how to see major league pitches. Because, I don't know, maybe that's the story argument. I don't I don't love it. No. I feel like you should be t- teach people to have a lot more patience at the plate. And it's, and it's not even necessarily that they're getting to the big leagues and not walking. It's just that we don't have players that walk kind of it. Any level, yeah. Well, I I do have a small counter argument. I was I was jumping ahead. Okay. Uh, there's Jump. a guy, um, Garrett Hampson, who uh, has recently gotten our, our radar. And back in 2016, he actually had a uh, 15% walk rate and an 18% strikeout rate, like almost comparable. Yeah, he's um, he profiles as the same type of hitter as DJ LeMahieu, except for he walks. Like he's a slap contact hitter he doesn't hit for a lot of power he's gonna be he profiles as dj that can walk right well the thing is he doesn't profile for power but his speed is so great that he can get those doubles and triples um so when you talk about scouting reports remember we talked about 2080 garrett hampson has a 60 grade speed we gotta have somebody who's fast on the rockies and what do you have? Eighty-seven stolen bases the last two years. Yeah, I mean, dude, he he's got some he's got some legs. There was a there was a uh, hit on Friday that he went from first to third. That um, I think he was even Jack Corrigan was like, "Holy cow!" <laughs> like that kid was moving. He, he he can get up and go when he needs to. I mean, I would prefer to see him sooner rather than later. I know that we got to wait for him to like figure his things out, but like. If Tapia is going to become like more power, not speed, it would be nice to have somebody like who. Who are we going to pinch run in the eighth? Uh, Ian Desmond. <laughs> and then he's going to like slide, but he'll actually do like a cartwheel into home plate or something. The best thought about D- Ian pinch Desmond slide. pinch running though is that it means that Desmond was on the base on the bench prior to that point. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I mean, I just I wish Desmond could slide like everybody else in the entire world. You know. So hopefully Ian Desmond and Garrett Hampson don't have any two conversations. No. Um, but Garrett Hampson's an interesting guy because he's actually got some great speed. He's got that push. He could be he could play second base. Um, we were talking about Rogers, and actually, the uh, game yesterday on Saturday, he was at second base. Yeah, and I think we mentioned in a podcast either the second or third episode about how he is probably going to be our second baseman in 2019 just because Story's defense is so much better at short. Yeah. Story's defense is better at short and uh, taking away the strikeouts especially, but but you can make an argument that Story's offense is better at short. Like it, The way it looks right now, Brendan Rodgers replaces DJ LeMahieu because had, LeMahieu yeah. is a free agent next year. I think it was like last year or two years ago people were saying that they didn't want to see Story at all at shortstop because he was just striking out too much and his defense is just 
too good. And didn't we see Valeka at shortstop recently? And Yesterday, and I never want to see yeah. that in a major league ball game ever. Sh- shortstop is that weird position, too, that like you have so many small guys playing there that are DJ LeMahieu types that aren't going to hit for power, aren't going to hit for anything like that, that when you put a guy there, even if he's striking out a lot, but he's suddenly hitting for power, like the trade-off is enough that you're kind of you're fine there. Having a power hitting shortstop is such an outlier that that when a guy can do it, even if he's striking out a lot, it, it still gives you a little bit of, of advantage. Keep it. Speaking of power, um, what do you guys know about Colton Welker? Okay, so you guys know that Antonio Sensatella was my bay the last couple years in prospects. Colton Welker is no, new bay. No, we know you already have three <laughs> tattoos. Welker is new bay. This dude can rake. New Bay. All right, so we got the 2080 scale. He was third base. He So he's, they think, a lot of scouts think he's going to bulk up. Right now I think he's like 190. A lot of scouts think he's going to get over like into 210, 215, and he's just not going to be able to move very well. So a lot of people think he's going to end up at first base. But when we look at that 2080 scale, he's got a 60-grade raw power. Raw power. This dude can rake. And I think it's cool that we let him play on Friday when we were wearing the Stoneman uh, Douglas hats because oh, he yeah, went to school true. there. Yep. Um, he, well, there's not really a ton of numbers. He's had two years with about 500 plate appearances. He can rake, just hasn't hit a lot of home runs yet between like the rookie and A-League. 158 weighted runs created plus. That's pretty nice. That is nice. That's uh, that steamer projection's a little weird on him though with a with a projection yeah, of a forty five. <laughs> well, I mean the wins runs create is there. The ISO is only hundred fifty though. His well, like I said, His scouts think he'll get up crazy high. Yeah, he's got I think a seven percent walk rate and only a fifteen percent strikeout rate, which it's pretty valuable. Yeah, when you go up you expect those rates to kinda shift down, like the K percentage right. to go up, walk percentage to go down, but not drastically obviously so he might end up being like an 18 percent strikeout guy with like a five percent walk rate well, but make if, him to a power guy yeah i mean if if he could be a first base power guy that would solve something because then maybe i don't know we'd stop siding first baseman or maybe ryan mcmahon steps up and he becomes the first base of the future but the other person who's technically a first baseman for the rockies is a guy named brian mundell who He's, he's not bad. Had a good day yesterday. I think he was three for four yesterday, actually. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's not someone that I really know a ton about, but I was mm-hmm. listening to a podcast, I think it was Baseball America, who said mm-hmm. a lot of scouts think he's a major league hitter. And, I mean, I don't think he's, like, anywhere in our, near our top ten, but if no, some scouts think he's a major leaguer, then he might just be disrespected by our I like that his walk rate and his K rate um, are about 3% of each other in A+. And at AA, he had a 12.3 walk rate to a 12.8 K rate. Yeah, and I don't know if you guys have looked at his listed weight. He's listed at 230 pounds. Like, he's a big dude. Right. So he's I got power in there rate. somewhere. He In A in Lancaster, well, no. In A+, he is 205 ISO. Yeah, I mean, he's a big dude. But, I mean, nobody's really talked about him yet about having great projection to make to the team. But maybe we'll see more of him on some of the spring training um, broadcasts. And he's kind of – he's one of those guys, too, that is a little under the radar in the sense that um, you it's hard to even find a scouting report on him. Like you said, John, you have heard him mention on a, on a podcast, and you can find some stuff on him on Baseball America. But for the most part, he's just kind of – He's a guy that plays for the Rockies, and it's hard to find out much more than that. Yeah, and I would – I know I mentioned, I referenced this a lot, but that dynasty league that I'm in, a lot of people will go after Rockies hitters just because they profile to play in Coors Field, and he didn't get touched, and we all own 17 minor leaguers. So do the math, 17 times 30, and he's unowned. So he's right. even under the radar for people who like Coors Field guys. Yeah, John's fantasy league. I mean, they all have been just so important too. I reference it a lot. I know. <laughs> I know. I am so Didn't sorry. You guys like cure cancer that one time? Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how easy it is to fall into a fantasy league. Yeah, I know. I'm oh, sorry, I guys. We want to talk about that, but um, <laughs> we did the mass start speed skating yesterday. Cohen Verwee's got bronze, baby. Yeah, I'm pretty um, sure my guy didn't even skate. Nice. Yeah. I did find a picture of him um, from this Olympics, uh, and it was a picture of him crashing. Nice. Oh, 
So maybe that I, I saw a guy crash. Maybe that was your guy. It wasn't during that. It just was like I googled his name, and that was the first thing that came up. I mean, that so. is usually how you perform in fantasy baseball. Is you probably crash at the end, right? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. <laughs> I thought that was me who blows the championship game every year. <laughs> Only twice. Uh, twice yeah. in two years. Um, before we end talking about any of these prospects, or even if we're in the middle of it, I just wanted to mention something on service time for people that aren't really clear on it um when you're talking about guys like brendan rogers or any of those a, a year of major league baseball when it comes to service time is is uh, 172 days so if you're on a major league roster for 172 days that's considered one year of service time but it's 172 days in a in a specific season um so this year there's 187 days on the calendar uh, meaning that if you played if you took 16 days off so 100 so you'd be at 171 days it wouldn't count against your service time. Um, that year or this year, that that date is April fourteenth. So, say heaven and earth opened up and something happened that we needed to play Brendan Rogers. If we called Brendan Rogers up on April fourteenth or later, it wouldn't count against his service time. Mm-hmm. So, just wanted to bring that up for people that are thinking about some of these guys and where they're playing and why the Rockies would or wouldn't bring him up. It's something to think about with that service time. Yeah, and we don't really know what would happen if Trevor Story. Um God forbid has an injury or something. I mean, then we what we play Valeka for a little bit until maybe his defense gets the best of him, and then we dip into our other non-roster invitees like Sean, Sean O'Malley. O'Malley. Sean O'Malley. So we were looking at Sean O'Malley when he played the other day. Um, the fight, and he's uh, same thing. A guy that a lot of people haven't heard of. He's a little bit older. He was actually drafted by the Devil Rays when they were still the Devil Rays back <laughs> in back in two thousand six. He um, he's moved around between. He started with Tampa Bay, went to the Angels, moved to the Mariners. Uh, in twenty sixteen, he did play eighty nine games for the Mariners, but wasn't a very productive 89 games hit 230 300 320 triple slash um the reason we signed him even though he hasn't really done much anywhere and was released by the mariners last year is that he can play uh pretty much any position outside of catcher and pitcher and is a great gap right now for injuries for waiting for guys like rogers to get to the show things like that like he's a he's not a signing that's going to come out and rake he's not a signing that's going to come out and blow everyone away He's a signing that's going to fill a very specific purpose. Yeah, he's um, not projected to be very high. I don't think he's really been above average very often. He really hasn't. I think he's got. I mean, he's he's even in um, his career average is about two fifty between all levels. He's projected so. to be like thirty one percent below average. Yeah, he's if he's just, he's a guy that's there as a body that can play a lot of different positions. Yeah, that's, that's the purpose of Sean O'Malley. Another utility guy we signed, uh, Daniel Castro, who was actually the Braves uh, the last couple of years because they didn't really have much going on. Um, he's another guy who um, he's there. A lot of these guys are just a lot of guys you see in spring training. If they're not quote unquote prospects. They're there to, one, get reps because they want reps, mm-hmm. and two, they're probably going to end up in Albuquerque hanging out there in case of emergency, or we'll just straight up cut them and they'll go to somebody else's AAA team to hang out and wait for in case of emergency. Yeah, you got to fill the roles. So, Jack, or we just sign Alexi Amaristia again. I mean, that didn't go wrong. No. Jack, Jack Corrigan was talking about it yesterday with the Rockies that um, a lot of those types of players that you were saying are, are looking for reps sign with the Rockies because the Rockies are always, you know, they kind of have their lineup set and they always are kind of there with that. And then they're always looking for everybody else. And so you're going to get a lot of reps in spring training. And they were saying that Colorado is a good place to have scouts watching you because you're kind of guaranteed to get reps because of the structure of that organization. That's a good point. I never really thought about it like that. Yeah, so it's maybe when we have a lot of bodies in spring training, it's it's guys that are looking to get an opportunity elsewhere almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other guys who um, rounding out the outfield, the only outfield non-roster invitee, Sam Hilliard. He's uh, 24. He's an outfielder with a uh, high-ish K percentage, around 25% on average. Um, with a high BABIP most of his years, and he's not, I'm not finding anything that makes me super him and, interested. 
Him and Talkman were kind of in the same vein when they were first starting out, yeah. and then Talkman just like raced past Hilliard, and Hilliard's yeah. just been a guy now. But him and Talkman were basically the same. And Hilliard's only is twenty five. He's still only an A A plus. Um, he's got See, some power. I mean, hitting around twenty home runs a year. But well, if, and Hilliard. So Hilliard. Hilliard A is a big dude. Yeah. Six five two twenty. Um, mm-hmm. But in his past three years, he has put up one thirty four, one twenty eight, and one twenty six weighted runs created plus. Um, Above average. I mean, he's had he's had some good years. It'll be somebody interesting to watch. It'll be curious to see how yeah. his size holds up. I mean, he is a he's a he's a good he's guy. a large human. Uh, I mean, maybe he'll be the first base in the future. He could no. be. <laughs> no, he is Still a lefty. On Todd he is Helton, a lefty. 7.0. That's true. We basically exclusively have lefty first baseman, except for Colton Welker, who's a righty. Right. Well, and the other thing, he's only an A plus right now. So I mean, he'd have to make huge leaps for us. In- to- 25 in Lancaster is a little bit older than average. Yeah. So, so Purple Purple Row actually projects him to reach the majors next year. Really? So there's hmm. something. I don't see that, but they know more than I do, so. Maybe. That was as of uh, about a month ago they projected him to reach the majors next year. All right. I mean, there are some numbers there. I just I just doesn't don't think he's enough time in the minors and enough places to really say that but sometimes the eye test is all you need um a catcher we used to be excited about this guy dom nunez who had this pretty good raw power and then uh had this amazing uh not amazing but 2015 campaign was pretty good and then just 2016 2017 just seems to have lost it his 2017 yeah. was terrible he was awful his power is gone his contact is gone he there was nothing you can say good about his season last year yeah we yeah. left him unprotected in the rule five draft and nobody took him granted you have to keep those guys on your major league roster but if yeah. an organization thought he was something i mean the padres kept a guy from a ball on their roster all year long as a catcher and i think he played like five games he just hung out on their roster. Yeah, and there's not a lot of info to say that he's that much better of a fielder or anything. And he played Fall League this year, and you know we talked about Fall League being a small sample size, obviously, but he had a really disastrous Fall League as well. It wasn't like he picked it up there. So. Yeah. More like bombed Nunez. Yeah, <laughs> it's been bad. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> so you talk about Anthony, do you make a segue that, there with Anthony Ben Boom? That's ben what I was Boom. going for. Thank you very much. Why don't you take it? Boom. Um, so talking about Anthony Bemboom, he's a younger guy too with the Rockies that are. Uh, well, he they're, used they're to be high. He's twenty eight now. He's, he's, oh, so he's so he's. I'm thinking of somebody else then. But the Rockies have stayed high on him, mm-hmm. and not somebody that I kind of. I don't know, John. You pay a lot more attention to that stuff with those young guys and or not young guys, but prospect kind of guys than I do. Mm-hmm. And I just have never really seen the why they are so high on Anthony Bemboom. So he was a minor league Rule 5 draft for us last year. Um, so there's two different Rule 5 drafts, a major league one where you have to keep them on your 25, and then a minor league one, which is, there's a lot of rules for that, and I won't get into it. But mm-hmm. uh, we took him in the minor league Rule 5. He has a rep as being a really good defensive catcher with basically zero bat. So he's so he kind of he's kind of like Tony Walters, but... He's way more advanced defensively than Walters is. Yeah, I mean, Walters and, had that one great year of yeah. fielding. and then Yeah, and Ben Boom is kind of like, I mean, he'll, he'll get his chance to be the backup catcher this year. I just, it would take a Murphy and or Walters injury, or even Iannetta possibly, for him to actually get on the Major League roster. And I think we'll He's, all be disappointed if he can't hit home runs and his name is Bam Boom. Yeah, he has no bat to speak of, apparently, which is unfortunate with that last name. There was, like, one time he was above average. Um, it, it looks like he did have a pretty decent year last, last year at Albuquerque. Yeah. yeah, he had 25 games. 123 uh, weighted runs created plus last year. Yeah, I mean, if too bad. We got him from the Angels, who have consistently had one of the worst farm, farm systems, systems in the league. Poor Mike Trout. Poor Shohei Otani, though. Yeah, that splitter. Ooh, pretty. Everybody, go watch a video of that splitter. It's amazing. Oh, it's sick. And we'll be playing um, Angels. Was June, July? Uh, it's May eighth and ninth. I have tickets yeah. to it. So we've we've Here's talked. Well, we haven't talked about it on here, but if you're looking for um, Rockies tickets that are uh, kind of an interesting matchup, there's a. That's right around the time that Albert Pujols could be looking for his 3,000th hit. So yeah, I charted it out. Series. 
I charted it out. If he hit exactly like he did last year, it'd be May 9th, which is in Coors on Wednesday. It's in Coors. So if you wa- if you went two years ago and watched Ichiro get three thousand, it gives you another opportunity to see somebody else get three thousand. All right, yeah. there's one more guy I wanted to talk about for a non-roster invitee. I don't know yeah, if we're wrapping it up or not. Dad on Jan Vasquez. So what do you got, John? So there's a guy named Jonathan Daza that we added to our 40-man last year, and he is just like Hampson, where he does not walk at all. Zero walk. I think his walk rate is like 3%. It's terrible. But apparently he's got a 70-grade arm in right field, which for right field, that's exactly what you want, strongest arm guy. And the dude can hit. He's got a 126 weighted runs created plus in Lancaster. He slashed 341, 376, 466. And apparently he cannot hit a high pitch, which is fine with me, but he can just crush low pitches, which is exactly where a lot of higher level pitchers like to work is down low. And they that's like apparently to work down low and they spot. like to work down low at Coors especially. Yeah, and that's apparently his sweet spot. So I think this is a guy that in 2019 will be on the major league roster at some point. Until pitchers decide that, you know, why don't we just throw some high heat? That was always Tulo's kryptonite. You threw, yep. him up, you threw him up, he'd swing it at every single time. Or and just, that's you know, the bases too. for Tulo. That's another way to get him to pop out. <laughs> and then yell obscenities. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's actually a pretty good segue, because um, I was thinking about um, who your best hitter is and who are you going to put him. And there's this old, old Fangraphs article about number two hitter and how Troy Tulowitzki was going to be the great number two hitter back in 2013. But after this break, we're going to come back with Evan and talk about um, some of the lineup and some other things we're uh, looking forward to. So break number two. All right, welcome back uh, to the Rockpile Talkpile. Um, Still got us guys, John and Zach and Jason. And joining us is Evan. What's up, Evan? Hey, how's it going? Uh, username again is... Username is Legacy3233. Right. We're so glad you guys will know on. Evan from some of the great recaps he's done hey. over the past season. And yeah. the off-season content that I get to approximately whenever I feel like it. <laughs> hey, that, that's, that's totally fine. we got to have something going on. There hasn't I mean, been much. It's been a it's been a long off season. A very dry off season. And right before we started recording our third segment, we were talking about how did it happen that the Rockies offense is legitimately not great anymore. And not even not great, but like bottom five last year. I mean just, just, just bad. Yeah. And you guys already talked about the, the first two spring training games, but something that I definitely okay. noticed for that first one on on the 23rd was, oh, look, it's another day of leaving a ton of runners on base and not scoring anybody from scoring position, there which was go. what I was complaining about basically every game from August through middle of September. Yeah, we could use more clutchiness, but we also just need – Better bats. Yeah. We just need we need better bats and we need I mean, there was all those stats last year that if the Rockies were trailing after five innings, you could just assume they lost. And if I mean so many Rockies games were decided after like three innings because mm-hmm. it just did it, it, it didn't matter what they did because the bats were terrible. And, and then the playoff I, game happened and you're like, Maybe this is the one time the entire year the Rockies come back now. No. And don't forget that we went through that huge stretch where basically four runs at Coors Field was a totally insurmountable thing. Three, uh, uh, uh. Yeah. Yeah, we scored we scored less than three runs in, it was 11 straight games or something silly like that. Oh. It'd, be, it'd be nice if Bridge is just doing some genius level thing where he's just saying, yep, we're totally fine with McMahon at first. It's going to be completely fine. Everything's going to be fine. And then Logan Morrison is like, you know what? I'll take $2 million for a year or something. Somebody sign me. Just at some point, the players have got to say, you know what, I, I just want to play baseball. Yeah. And it's and like, just make- that's been the agonizing thing this whole offseason of all these these holdouts of things waiting for gargantuan contracts. I still can't believe Eric Hosmer got signed to the contract that he did. Yeah. Um, well, one of the reasons we're not scoring runs is that we've got a great. Um, top of the lineup and now charlie's gonna move down but we've kind of already talked about number four being a dead spot what do you guys feel about number five 
The five spot. Who do you want batting a fifth? So I feel like whoever we sign at first base or whoever happens to play first base is going to slot into that five spot just as a matter of that's who you're going to slot into that five spot. Yeah. Especially, Unless you put Ionetta there. Especially if, if they're, they are going to indeed go with Story batting at the number four spot. I think at the number five spot, you're going to have McMahon or whoever it is that we sign. And we've started to see that McMahon's getting there, but we he's haven't really signed anyone for him to platoon with because I still don't think he's ready for that full time. And I was. We could also, I mean, what, remember how crazy it was? Ionetta was batting, what, second last year for the Diamondbacks? Yeah. That was interesting. Ionetta had a great year last year. He did. <laughs> he had a great year. And he that's including year. when he got hit in the face with a baseball. Right, right. <laughs> um, his K percentage was a little high last year at 27.5, but um, Guy could actually mash. Ionetta uh, walked more than all but two of our players last year, and the only two oh people God. that walked more than Ionetta did last year were coincidentally catchers uh tony walters and jonathan luke right yeah and i was i was about to say it's like you know he's got that relatively high k but at the same at the same time it's lower than so many of our guys so i was gonna go oh the last thing we need is another guy who strikes out all the time but considering everyone else on our team strikes out on the time all the time even more it's kind of he can at least take a walk and i has had a lot of above average years you know and he had some power last year, 17 home runs. His, his slugging last year was actually 5'11", but that's pre-Humidor um, Chase Field, too. Hit more home runs than Lucroy did. And Lucroy hit some doubles here and there. I was happy with that. If, yeah. if we could get a guy to hit some doubles in a fifth spot, I'd be fine with that. Um, but I don't think Ionetta's going to be fifth. Yeah, I, th- I, Ionetta, I like- think is going to go back down to his traditional catcher spot, probably closer to the bottom seven or eight. Probably. What's your opinion on getting like a more speed on the bases in the lower part of the lineup? I mean, three, four, five, you want a lot of your power, and then it kind of varies from team to team. I mean, I think it would be great to get more speed down towards the bottom of the lineup. The issue is, though, that speed doesn't mean much if the base running continues to be not very good. Mm-hmm. Um I definitely love to get more speed down there. Traditionally, the the Rockies, especially even last year, didn't really have anybody particularly quick running the base pass, except for when Story was hitting, you know, seven spot a couple times last season. What would be sad? I feel like we just have to. We're just continually eating crow on this Desmond thing because you have to give him plate appearances and you got to put him somewhere. But I don't know. Maybe if you put Ian Desmond in the like eighth spot or something, then have him steal and get. Bunted over or something, and hope that something productive, and with hope him. that maybe he can, you know, send the ball outside the infield. No, let's not get crazy now. <laughs> it's like I, I feel bad ragging on the guy so much because I know that you know he's a well liked clubhouse presence and all that stuff, but he just he's got a great was charity. So bad last year, and this he, is a, in two thousand eight. In two thousand eighteen, he's going to be the highest paid player on the team. Oh. So you don't really have to feel bad for the highest paid player on the team. Like he has the target on his back because he's making twenty three million dollars. Yeah, and there's still the standing offer. Of if he manages to hit twenty home runs, he can come over to my house and punch me in the face. <laughs> and somebody, somebody will film it, and we'll you know sell the proceeds to charity or something. <laughs> totally. I don't think you'll have to worry too much about that, Dick. Oh, sorry. He's only making twenty-two million in twenty eighteen. Oh well, then by all means, by all means. So now you should feel bad if you're ripping. I feel okay. Well, so say we're talking seven-eight spot. Um, You think Ionetta's going to hit higher than eighth? I think if he can be consistent, he can be a decent seven spot. Because then we can get the issue is where then I I I agree that Desmond with his plate appearances should not be anywhere near the top of the lineup right now. Um. That's what I think anyway, and that we can, you know, if Speedy presence is at the bottom of the lineup, but do you put him at seven and have Ian at a bat eight and try and move him around the bases, should he be able to actually get on, or do you flip it around and have it so that if we bring in a pinch hitter, we can get um, uh, Desmond moving around the base pass with stealing, and then the pinch hitter, Valeka, or whoever can drive him home? I, I like the former idea, putting... Um Desmond at seven and Ionetta at eighth. I think Ionetta is a better hitter, but at the same time, you've put Desmond behind Ionetta. There's thirty or fifty or ninety double plays a season right there. Oh man, those those double plays were such a killer last year. 
So, so I guess. So if you have Desmond seven or eight, and I net a seven or eight, then who do you have at your sixth spot? That's a question. Mm. I mean, you have we're we're missing what, an outfielder here in this doll? equation. We're missing an outfielder here in the equation. So you're going to have uh, a would, Tapia or a Dahl or a Para or somebody else. I still really lines. like the idea of Tapia being leadoff, and I think Para or Dahl, like we had last year, batting out of the sixth spot would be pretty solid. Para mm. started to cool off towards the end of the season, but he really was very solid for us, generally tending to bat out of that six spot. Um, so if you have Tapia one, then you got to move DJ. Then you open a whole can of worms. Yeah. Or is DJ supposed to be in the bottom of the lineup? DJ should be a seven hitter, but that's a date. That's another, I mean, he never will be. DJ will lead off, yeah. but he should probably be a seven hitter. I mean, we're still kind of up in the air. We'd love to see Toppy lead off. Is Bud Black the kind of guy who's going to decide that Toppy is actually his leadoff hitter and that DJ needs to move down? I mean, he plays it pretty conservative, I think, most of the time. Definitely. So the issue is Para, if he comes back, is he even going to come back as the same person? And we had the conversation Will he run for that, president? and we had the conversation that Para um, has even said himself that he very well may be the fourth outfielder this year. He's a guy that just isn't going to get as many reps because of the other guys we have yeah. that can play the position. Dahl coming back, Tapia looking to see a lot more fielding and, and hitting time mm-hmm. versus last year it was just you know Tapia whenever we can sprinkle him in. But Para was our primary guy out there with him and Desmond, and I think with Cargo gone especially. Uh, unless ha- miraculously they bring him back mm-hmm. sometime and we've towards the spring the, training. We've hammered the point home, but Para still wasn't very good last year. He just was better than he was in 2016. That, so well, I'm trying to figure true. out a good way to look at splits for a uh, six-hole hitter because it's that weird place where you might have some medium or high leverage counts, but not always. You don't exactly know what's going to happen there. What do you want out of a six hitter? Do you want him to get on base, or you want him to have like the ability to have high leverage? Yeah, I mean, you could you could make the argument either way. It's almost like you put a guy there that um, he's not your cleanup guy, he's not your speedy guy, but you want him having some power there. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of really good examples of, of six you don't hitters. You think about the sixth spot very often. Um, but when you do, when you talk about Harada Para, even though he didn't have like the best year, it was better in 2016, he was bad in 376 out of the sixth spot in 29 games. Um, and, yeah, and It was after he came back that he was just totally on fire. Mm-hmm. And his low, medium, and high leverage are all about 310 averages. Um. I guess leverage. if you look at your if you look at your sixth hitter, you take your worst fifth hitter, like a guy that that maybe projects to be a five but isn't as good as who you have hitting five. That's that's who I would say. So it depends on how McMahon's spring training runs. I think how McMahon's spring training runs. How I mean, even even Story or any of those guys, because then you have that flip of if if Story is hot garbage is he going to stay in the cleanup spot yeah and, and i think also we got to look at how doll's going to be i mean doll missed the entirety of last season and we have no idea how consistent or solid he's going to be able to be because i i have my doubts that he'll be able to replicate that first season he had with us back in 16 and then you know he just started swinging the bat a few months ago after being out for basically the entire season well what would be interesting is if doll doesn't even make it and then Para's out or still rehabbing or something, then we have Desmond as, like, start. We have Desmond, Tapia, Blackman, and then no Para or no Doll. What do we do then? The question is Des- then, yeah. do you rely, <laughs> do you try and, if we're not going to have either of those guys, pick one of these outfielders that we have, the you know, non-roster invitees or minor leaguers to bring up? And that's yeah. I mean, if you if Para is not healthy and Dahl is terrible, then you still have like Talkman, for example, that can play that position. Yeah. For or what if you just make a terrible, terrible signing of somebody who's still not signed yet, who could technically play outfield or technically play first base, who might have a lot of power, but has had disappointing years, in Jose Bautista. Oh God. That'd be we terrible. talk about JD. We talk about JD Martinez's out off or defense in that Coors outfield. How bad Ugh. would Bautista's defense be in that Coors Pretty outfield? Pretty bad. Oh, I think that would be pretty painful to watch. 
Yeah. And frankly, his outsized ego is, uh, yeah. I don't think it's something the Rockies want. Yeah. Especially, exactly. we got a we got a, a team of pretty humble guys here, and I think just, throwing ho- I mean, Joey Bats in here is... There's not much left unless we like, re-sign Cargo for some reason. Yeah. Plus, if you do I a mean, Joey I, Bats bat flip at Coors Field, it's going to end up in the stands. <laughs> the altitude just makes <laughs> it terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about Adam Lind? It's JD Martinez could still be available. (laughs) Yeah, it's just so strange that it is. There were two games in spring trading. There's still like people who haven't signed. So many question marks, and it's like I don't know. We were talking about Talkman, and I think Talkman has a lot of qualities that I like. He's very speedy. Uh, He can sometimes hit uh you know he had that triple in the first spring training game which was pretty great and then a double yesterday um and i think he wouldn't be terrible in a lower part of the lineup as a speedy guy who can get on base um his speed especially i remember we were using him basically exclusively as a pinch runner for a lot of the end of the season last year yeah um, i like actually, his speed a lot you weren't on earlier but we were trying to say who's your pinch runner um, in the eighth inning, and if you think Talkman's the guy, that's a great point. That is, yeah, he's a solid. He's he's definitely has the speed. Yeah, I think especially I think especially if you know Parr is not healthy and Dahl doesn't make the cut, then Talkman is not the worst guy in the world to bring with you to start the season. He's got experience. He didn't he didn't show like a, a ton of greatness in the major leagues but it wasn't like he was striking out every yeah. single time and when he was when he was down in albuquerque a lot of people were viewing him as like a secret prospect kind of guy of hey this guy could be good and we brought him up and unfortunately last year he didn't really deliver um didn't really seem like he was ready for the show just yet but i don't know i'd love to see him get more reps at least and see what we can do with him at the very least he's a quick guy that can hit okay and he's not a terrible defensive fielder. It seems like we're more and more kind of leaning towards Talkman as being like a possibility of maybe making the opening day roster if if things are falling that way. Yeah. I think we're just there's so much pressure on Dahl right now. Cause like no like like I said, nobody has any idea where he's gonna be at. It's been, you know, two games into spring training. It's not nearly enough to gauge where he's at right now. His injury history, his likely inability to reproduce that two thousand sixteen season with us. It's just there's a lot of red flags there and there's a lot of pressure. I feel like I'm like the most optimistic and the most pessimistic at the same time I've ever been on a Rockies season. Yeah. You know, we just made the playoffs last year for the first time in ages with a really good young team. And now I have no idea what's going to happen yeah. on offense this year for the first time in a while. For the first I mean, time. Even in 2000 and 2002 with our terrible teams, you still knew people would hit. Yeah. For, for the first time, it's like we're going in and hey, we're all really excited for the pitching. Look at German Marquez and look at Freeland. and Oh, this is so great. Where are the bats? Why can't anybody hit? What's with all these double plays? Why can't we score runs? Mm-hmm. It's just like... We, it's, a, it's, a, it's an odd problem that Rockies fans don't understand. Yeah. I mean, I'm certainly guilty of being like, what in the hell? And it's an odd problem that uh, no one else outside of Rockies fans seem together. It's like, oh, course Field. <laughs> Everybody hits home um, runs, blah blah blah. It's like I'd love more home runs, please. Thank you. Right. What, to, do you think like our? I mean, I think it's complete like non sequitur. But our hitting coach is there? Is there any kind of? Is there something that he should be doing to make us better, or is it just that the players we have right now have consistently been not performing well? I think it's the latter. Uh, I mean, you could make a case. For both, because we didn't have a very good offense in 2016 either, and and um, Dwayne Espy right now. Yeah, and and we fired. Obviously, Espy comes along, and uh, technically we have those two hitting coaches because we have we have Dwayne Espy and we have Jess Salazar. Yeah. So we have two guys kind of doing the same job, and we all know how well that works out for the Rockies. Yeah. But um, I think the pressure is really going to be on on them this season. Because I don't think I, I mentioned them, but I feel there's like no, it, it should be if it's not. Because if we go a third year in a row where the hitting's not great, 
these two hitting coaches need to be looked at is, hey, are they a problem or is it really the team? Because I feel like we've got guys on the team who should be able to hit. Who should be able to hit. Who have were really good in the minor leagues or who have history of being talented hitters where it's just not getting done. And it's like even Nolan had his slumps and a bunch of problems last season and grounding into a fair amount of double plays as well, had that big slump in August. And you've got to look at, you know, where really is the problem here? What about bringing back Jason Giambi to coach? He already declined us once. Well, he wanted to be player manager, right? And then that was out the window. now, Now he's old. Now he's old. Is Giambi with anybody right now? He went to the Indians afterwards after he declined our hitting coach job. I think he's got a coaching job with the Indians, Indians? though, as well. Actually, yeah. yeah. Like currently, I think maybe is this it, is, is something we position. should maybe keep an eye on through the first couple of months of what's Dwayne Espy doing. So I found the what's, problem. What's Larry that, Walker doing? What's Larry, what's Larry Walker doing right now? I found the problem that when in when they hired Dwayne Espy and Jeff Salazar, Jeff Breidich said. Traditionally, we've scu- we've struggled to score runs, so we need all the help we can get. And he jinxed it, like right there. As soon as Jeff Breidich, as soon as those <laughs> words tumbled out of his mouth, we stopped being able to hit. Really? That's the so quote. we just need that Jeff Breidich to say like, we are we're the best going to be the scoring. best ever. Yeah, and we will do it. Well, but asking Jeff Breidich to say more than five words is never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. All right. Um, I think we had some interesting thoughts. Um, an interesting last segment, kind of the fifth spots up in the air. Um, I kind of like Ryan McMahon there until proven otherwise. Yeah. Other thoughts? I think ideally, uh, you know, got to base it on spring training results and looking at how he does. Ideally, coming out of the gate for opening day, Ryan McMahon is our starting first baseman and starting number five spot. Yep. Sixth uh, up in the air depends on which outfielder, or maybe if Ionetta continues to show power out of nowhere, not move the worst idea. Because then, then you have, if you can move Ionetta to the sixth spot, you have even more flexibility with seven, eight spots of what you can you do with double people. speed. Yeah. So if you you're, could. If you're, if you're getting number six production out of your catcher, too, that would be such a difference from anything the Rockies have dealt with for the last decade. Yeah. Whereas. I think the. The Rockies have these interesting issues. If if we have a good catcher and good shortstop, it makes our team much different than other teams. And it's like, and just look at the difference when we brought in Lucroy after the deadline, because he was relatively productive at the plate and was taking walks, was getting doubles, yeah. uh, had a good um, good relationship with our our pitchers. And I feel like we haven't really had, and we've gone through so many different catchers over the last mm-hmm. 10 years, and we haven't really had that solid, this is our guy catcher who's productive and a quality and quality defensive catcher, good with the pitchers, just like your solid all-around starting catcher guy. Well, I mean, the all, all you is, have to say about Rockies catchers is that in 25 years of Rockies baseball, we've never had an all-star catcher. Yeah. Not a single true. time. Girardi was here for a second. I think the real problem. Um, well, he wasn't an all star as a Rocky, though. Girardi was here, but he was never an all star on the Rockies. Yeah. Never an all star catcher. I want to make an official apology to the Colorado Rockies and all the Colorado Rockies fans out there. Um, when we started hosting Ask Me Anythings, as in players who wanted to be asked questions by Rockies fans on the subreddit, we started out with um, Tom Murphy and Tony Wolters. And jinx them so badly. I'm so sorry, Colorado Rockies Nation. It's all our fault. But don't take but that as we should never have an AMA again because we need an opportunity to reverse said jinx. Yeah. Oh. Right. Just probably not with a catcher. <laughs> Tom, Tom Murphy's probably the most frustrating for me of just what happened. There's no reason that Tom Murphy shouldn't be good. And last year he was really not good. And Which was our so, fault. Yeah. And then, <laughs> I don't know. Walters, I think they're taking the steps in the right direction with him for what they're doing, where it's just like, we're going to take it simple, we're going to take it bit by bit and see where he goes from here. Because He could be our utility guy. Yeah, I love I love Tony Walters, and I've, you know, I've always been very, very out and proud about how much I love Tony Walters. No, I, but, he's a great guy. Uh, but I feel like right now, he's not our starting catcher. And he, he could be. If he can turn things around this season... Or, or even that, what? I net is on what a two-year contract. 
Yeah. If he can turn it around in those next two years by the time I ended his contract is up, then excellent. And if not... I, I don't see anything in the history saying that Tony Walters is likely to turn it around, yeah. hitting-wise. But the fact that he's such a like willing guy that he has every single glove and the ability to play a lot of positions um, and could come in and catch her... Um, could go I out mean, and, I don't, uh, could go out I don't and play second base. Yeah, I just don't see him making the opening day roster. Yeah, I would, I would really, I'd be really happy for him if he did. But and the thing with Walters is he was always going to be a negative bat, but when he could go out there and play plus defense, then the the negative bat wasn't as big of an issue. Yeah. You stuck him in the eight hole and let him play catcher. But last yeah. year when he was poor at both, it was just a glaring hole. Right. So I think there was the framing, and I think we're kind of leading into the fact that maybe we should talk about catchers next time. Then we could talk about catchers. Yeah, there's a so, lot to um, talk about. A lot to talk about. Um, seeing what's going to happen with McMahon, seeing what's happening with six, seven, and eight. Um, anybody else's final thoughts on the bottom of the lineup? Yeah, how many of these? Uh, how many of these pitchers can rake? Freeland. Freeland is yeah. John Gray. John Let Gray Freeland hit a longer run. home run last year than any home run he gave up. That's still my favorite pitching stat from last year. That's the issue with having these uh, designated hitters during spring training that we've had is. Uh, we can't judge how much these uh, pitcher invitees can crush the ball. Can, can yeah, I'm rake. just happy that I remember two years ago, the Rockies pitchers could not bunt to save their lives. Yeah. And that's kind of turned around. That'd so maybe be- they can tell Desmond how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> we were a better bunting team last year. $22 right. million dollars worth of bunts. Oh. All right. Well, why don't, why don't we sign off with, uh, with our, our guest? Before we sign off, Before though, I just wanted to say, though. hey, that was pretty awesome on Friday when we had a – Rocky spring training game that wasn't on television, and we got 280 plus comments. Yeah, that uh, that thread was really hopping. It was really great. Yeah, it's really good to see people already engaged before the season has even been on TV. Yeah, yeah, we're almost at uh, 5,500 members. So if you haven't subscribed to the Colorado Rockies subreddit, it's www.reddit.com/r/coloradorockies, um, and we'll be doing this again hopefully next week. Um, if y'all want to sign off, starting with Evan. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. How do you want me to sign off here? Uh, exactly like that. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> That's perfect. I, I, Evan, I hopefully say, you can join us again sometime. I want to say one last thing is that my favorite part of spring training is listening to Jack and Jerry go, okay, who is this guy? Wait, who? Right. <laughs> so I remember That's they were like bringing on Hillard and a couple catchers in yesterday's game and on, on the other game where it's like, okay, and it looks like. Looks like we've got somebody else coming in. Who is that? Who is it's this? Figure this out. <laughs> he appears to be in a baseball uniform. <laughs> the, the ESPN logs of unknown advances to second, unknown advances to third are also pretty fun. <laughs> oh, hey, guys, right. thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate yeah. it being on here today. Thanks for coming on, Evan. Hey. Thanks for all your stuff. Oh, definitely. Hopefully looking to get some of that uh, stuff up and running before regular season starts, but we'll see. Uh, we look forward to it, man. Yeah. You but, do great work. Thank you. Thanks again for having me. Awesome. Have a good one, man. Take care. And uh, we else? All right, guys. uh, I'm uh, I'm Jason. It's good talking to you guys this week. And I guess John. I I feel like we've lost John. Yeah, John. I think I'm just gonna talk. I haven't heard John talk in like an hour. So if John wants to mouth off his sign off, I will communicate it for everybody else. I see. John can't say those words (laughs) that are coming in your mouth. I'm aware, we're, aware that, we're aware that John is alive. We just he might have a really se- severe case of laryngitis right now. Oh, he's um, holding he's holding line paper, paper up to the screen, but it didn't have anything on it. Okay, well, I think um, <laughs> I'll start. I'll start the sign off for John and Jason. I'll finish it. I'm John. I like corn, and I love the Colorado Rockies. <laughs> I'm Jason. I'll talk to you guys next week. I'm Zach. Uh, thanks for tuning in to Rock Pile Talk Pile. I'll talk to you all next week. Oh, yeah.